There is a deal and there is not something that you can choose like this and like that. Oh, please. Your party is gutless, isn't it? No. Cooperation at the expense of principle. Not at all. Fixing the principle by talking to each other. The European Union is about to go on summer vacation, but not before its heads of government have carved up some of the top jobs in late night sessions, but frankly, with very little transparency. My guest this week here in Brussels is Andreas Schwab, MEP for Germany's ruling Christian Democrats. What on earth happened to all those promises about more democracy and greater openness? Andreas Schwab, welcome to Convict Zone. Nice to meet you, Kim. Europeans were told that the elections this year, there'd be more democracy, more transparency. It didn't work out that way, did it? Why no, not? I, no, I don't agree. I think 200 million people that have been participated in the election is a very positive result. The top jobs were carved up in a kind of backroom stitch-up that people were told wasn't going to happen again. And it did. It did. Despite all these promises. Why? You let the voters down. No. I mean, first of all, why do you speak about the backroom deal? I mean, it was so transparent, Osaka and all the process and the names in the game. I think it was very, very transparent. Not according to the outgoing commission president. He called it not very transparent. Quite an indictment from Jean-Claude yes, Juncker, wasn't it? It's true, but I don't have to agree with him on this point. I think it's not the best process, but it's the process that is described in the treaties. So it might be true that in the follow-up to the election, there have been some misunderstandings and also in the process to the election. But the treaty process has been kept and therefore there is no backdoor deal or whatever. I think it has been quite transparent, but I think we can improve. But you know the UK has no written constitution and they, everyone knows what the constitution is. The European Union has a treaty and we have to stick to the treaty. So I think if well, you want to change it... The, the UK for comparison here, but one of the basic criteria set themselves, the leaders set themselves, was regional balance. And all four of the top EU jobs went to people from Western Europe. France and Germany shared the two most important jobs, Commission and the ECB. Why? Because Europe still, it's like that, Europe still works best if France and Germany find a very strong common commitment. And I think the proof is what you have described. All there you're is saying a very is strong that commitment. France and Germany are just going to take over and the spoils go to the strongest countries. There's nothing yep. very democratic about that, is but there? But that's, that's not the whole story. I think there has... It's part of the story. It's a it's major part, part of, the of the story. story. Yes, part of the story is that France and Germany have been, a very, have been having a very strong commitment together, which is implemented in these two positions. But as well, there was a very strong commitment of the Eastern and Visegrad states that wanted to to ban another candidate. They had a rather destructive approach to the process and they were also successful because Mr. Timmermans is not the Commission President. Now you may like or dislike it, but they had their say as well. And the distribution of the other posts has been done on a male-female basis, on other considerations. But I think the East has this time not had constructive approach to the setting of the people and that's the reason why they are not there. In Germany the two ruling parties slumped to their worst national election results since the Second World War and in France Monsieur Macron's party was beaten into second place by Marine Le Pen and yet they still decided on the jobs. Again, no reflection on the votes that were actually cast by the Europeans themselves. Nothing for the Greens who did spectacularly well Nothing for the far-right Eurosceptics, who did better than they had done before. And that's democracy for you. 
Now, democracy is about majorities. You know, in democracy, it doesn't help you if you are right, you have to get majorities. And the majorities are, in a certain way, implemented with that deal. So, what is the negative side of the deal? You were speaking about the Greens. How can it happen that no government wants to propose a Green uh, commissioner? It's up to the governments to propose commissioners, and therefore we have to see as to whether there are governments that would like to do so now in future. At the moment, it looks rather awkward. And the far right is definitely a movement that in some countries has had a lot of support, but not the support needed to find a majority. That's the way it is in a democracy, isn't it? You told a newspaper, the Badische Zeitung, that everyone was satisfied with the deal. In the true. council, I said. In, in the in, council. In, in the council, but in the political groupings, they weren't satisfied at all. Particularly in your grouping, the European People's Party, the spokesman. Gonzalez Ponce attacked the way the appointments were made. I'm not going to congratulate the council. He said it doesn't have the right to ignore all the candidates that have been voted for by European citizens. This is not democracy. Major view from a major party. Same with the leader of the second largest group, the centre-left socialist. Same with the leader of the Liberal Review Europe, set up by Macron himself. Nobody else was sad. The leaders may have satisfied themselves with their late-night sessions, but certainly not the parties. I mean, there is one point where I would not agree with. It's still very clearly democracy. But the fight in democracy is between council in this time and the parliament. And the parliament was not strong enough to go for a real fight and to win it with the council, and that's the truth. But it's democracy and it's the line of the treaties that has been followed. So I think we should not overdo it. And the complaints, you dismiss as crocodile tears. No, so the, It doesn't help crying crocodile tears. We have a fundamental problem in the EU to which no satisfactory answer has yet been found. There is actually a perfectly satisfactory answer, and that's to listen to the voters. Yeah, but the, the voters, if you listen really to them in a lot of member states... Failed to do. Uh, in a lot of member states, they haven't been that perfectly at ease with the Spitzenkandidaten process. But nonetheless, I still believe, and most of my colleagues in the parliament believe, that the Spitzenkandidaten process is the most easy tool, the easiest tool to reach more democracy without changing the treaties. So the question for us will be next time, and we are all together, also with our, with our Spitzenkandidat Manfred Weber, who did the excellent candidates. job. Lead candidates. Manfred uh, did an excellent job and we are together that next time we want to improve this. But we have to take the momentum next time to be more intelligent also against the council to win this battle, which in a normal democracy is something that you have also to face and to wait for the right moment to change a process that has been different in the past. Yeah, but, but you we want don't to think it. the voters are satisfied with the way it went this time. I mean, no, voters are, they are very disappointed. Very disappointed. Yeah. And it was supposed to be about them. You were seeing the turnout go down in every single election since the European election started. And this was the big push to rope more people in because they were going to be listened to. And they weren't. Yes, I mean, the it's a bit, this is a big failure, whichever way you like to spin it. But it is a big failure. But Tim, I mean, the participation... Basic democracy, representative democracy. That's what I'm talking about. But the participation in the European elections has been raised also because of the better understanding of the citizens about the need of the union. Because the expectation they might actually be listened to. That's why they voted. I th they I were think, told it's going to be different. No, I mean, I mean, we have to separate one from the other. I think there is, on the one hand side, a clear 
effect that people better understand the need of the European Union and for that reason they went to vote. But there is on the other side as well, especially in some countries like the Netherlands, Germany and Austria, a strong support for that idea of a Spitzenkandidat and a more democratic European Union. But that process hasn't stopped. We want to continue this and next time we will do better to win that battle that we had with the Council that this time was stronger. In your native Germany, a poll by the broadcaster ARD showed that more than half the people, 56%, don't agree at all with the appointment of Ursula von der Leyen as the new Commission President. Another poll for Der Spiegel found that she was the second most unpopular minister in Germany. So don't listen to the people. Don't listen to the people. No, but Europe is not only about Germany. It's true that we, CDU and CSU, we are very sad that Mr. Weber hasn't got the chance to be the Commission President. And we are also disappointed how the Council has played that out. But these statistics that you are showing are from Germany and Germany is not the whole of Europe. And in Europe as a whole, the, the, the result would be a little bit different. So we have to make sure that we convince all our neighbors about that process, including France, and we have to be next time more intelligent as a parliament to play out that process better after You the say election. it's not all about Germany, but you actually blamed the Germany Social Democrats for the untransparent horse trading that took place. You said that by not supporting the original candidate true, from the yeah. European People's Party, Manfred Weber, they'd open the door for the council not to consider any of the other so-called lead candidates. But that's a pretty cheap political point, isn't it? The idea that the Council of no, Europe no. took its lead from the attitude of Germany's SPD is ludicrous, isn't it? No, I try to be very, very uh, honest and very clear about it. It was obvious from the very first moment that on Monday after the election, the Council wanted to make the first meeting to overturn in a certain way the Parliament's will. This wasn't that easy as some in the Council have thought, but it was Led clear... by Monsieur Macron. And others. He was and never others. going to accept Manfred Weber. And others, not only him. So don't blame the SPD. And others. But if we in the parliament, and that was the point I was referring to in that interview that you are citing, if we were strong enough in the parliament to say at the very first moment, the Spitzenkandidat, the lead candidate from the group who has most votes, will be our lead candidate also for the council, we could have won. He, and he this, was the wrong this candidate. opportunity has been missed. Well, well, not that the candidates you did end up choosing had any glittering qualifications, did they? You were asked in that newspaper interview what Ursula von der Leyen stood for, and you replied, for more security. She's promoted deepening EU military cooperation. She stands for a deeper cooperation of Europeans in all fields of politics. You omitted to point out that she leaves her job with her reputation in tatters because of her failure to maintain Germany's armed forces at an active service level. But, Tim, you know that... You glossed over that. Did, Small but, point. No, but, I mean, that was not the question. The question was about Europe and not about Germany. In Germany, is since Well, she's years, damaged goods, isn't she? She arrives as damaged goods. I wouldn't say. She did she's a, still under she did investigation. She did a marvelous job and she was presenting herself. And we hope that she will lead the European Commission in the next five years in a very, very good way. We a have no doubts about that. marvelous job presenting herself. She did a lousy job as being Defence Minister of Germany. The Defence Minister she? of Germany, Tim, is a very difficult challenge all the time in the last 20 years. Of course years. it is. Life's hard. Life's hard, exactly. And she and didn't, she did and quite she didn't well. measure up to it. She's still under investigation there for is an investigation. use of consultants it's true, there and is an expenditure investigation. of 150 million euros, for which only 2 million euros were actually put out for There account. is an investigation and we have to wait what the outcome will be. But as far as there is no outcome, we cannot judge her on this. So she's tainted, isn't she? She's already tainted. What if the investigation finds against her? You've got a commission president who's... Um, 
acknowledged as a failure. Yeah, but people in Berlin tell me that they know quite well the situation. There has been a mistake in public procurement of a certain level, but this was not a certain level that she has personally decided about. So they will find that there was a mistake, but not related to her. And therefore, I'm not having that reflection that you have, that we will find, uh, have to find a new president in the next weeks. I think that the decision we did was the right decision now, because Europe has so many problems. We have to face them. We shouldn't talk uh, for long about the process and complain. We should now take the next challenge. And for the next election, we have to make sure that we do it better. Von der Leyen's record is positively stellar compared to that of Josep Borrell, isn't he? I mean, the Spanish foreign minister that you confirmed as the EU's foreign policy chief, a man who was fined last year 30,000 euros for insider trading of company shares in 2015. Was this really the best you could get? I mean, in a package deal, Tim, you know that there is a package and there is a deal and there is not something that you can choose like this and like that. Oh, please. Among 27 countries, you couldn't find somebody who hadn't been convicting of insider trading. Does that not matter? The, but, parking tickets. But wait, it? Tim, we have been voting about Ursula von der Leyen as a president of the European Commission. And now all the commissioners also, Mr. Borrell, who will uh, be probably the the high representative, they will have to go to a hearing in the parliament and we will grill them. We will ask them all the questions we have. And if they are not up for the job, they will not find the majority. So wait for the parliament to do its job. I think we will check that very well, what these people that are presented to us has, have as a, as a so capacity. So you're happy, you're happy about this, his nomination then? You're happy I'm about happy it? I'm happy about every nomination. Why? Why? But the parliament will check these people. Are your standards so low that a man who was fined 30,000 euros for insider trading is the best person that Europe, Europe can put forward for its top diplomat? Really? I think... Tell Mr. me Borrell, that. Tell I, me that's true. Tell me Tim, that's true. Tim, I mean, you, you are asking in one direction. I have to answer... Yeah, of course to in I'm asking way. in one direction. It's I have to tell you, point, Borrell has it? been the president of the European Parliament. He has a, an outstanding experience in that area. And the fact that you are referring to, we will also ask about questions in the hearing of the Parliament. And you can be sure that we will want to know everything and if we are not satisfied he will not find the majority in that hearing that's very easy the foreign affairs committee will grill him on this you and the cdu you sit in the european people's party um you talk about human rights talk about civil liberties but your party the epp has repeatedly failed to take action against hungary's ruling Fidesz party hasn't it a member of the epp despite clear indications that it was violating both the letter and principle of its obligations regarding rule of law you gave it a slap on the wrist you suspended it no but that's I, it no we have been but speaking but tim you know that we have been speaking very clearly with mr orman that we have in a certain number of areas not been satisfied with his approach to the rule of law. We have been and all you did was to suspend him. But you I still mean, get his seats, but this was the main thing for the EPP, wasn't it? To keep his seats in the European family so they keep their power over the appointments and other things in Brussels. You know, the majority was not depending on the Fidesz, but I have to come back to the point. We have not only suspended him, we also set up a real... Uh, let's say, controlling uh, institution under the heading of Mr. Van Rompuy, a former president of the council, to check together with Hungary what they can improve for the rule of law and how they stick to that principle. And if this process is running badly, they will be excluded. So you just pass it from one committee to another. How much more evidence do you need? Look at the charges against Hungary. Repeated allegations from respected human rights groups and the UN about the serious and continual erosion of basic rights under Hungary's Fidesz government. Two years ago, a UN Special Rapporteur warned that legal reforms in the country had led to limitations on fundamental human rights, including freedom of expression, information, religion, 
privacy, family life, and the rights of minorities. And that is not enough for you to do the decent thing, which is to kick them out. Your you, party is gutless, isn't it? No, but Tim, the problem gutless. in Europe is if you kick someone out, he or she will still be in the European Union and you have to talk to them. So the pr approach we have taken as a peep was to say, listen, there are problems, we have to face them, but we have to discuss about these problems in detail and we don't have to kick out anyone because they will remain a member of the European Union. So it doesn't help us if we are too strong. They remain a member of the European Union, they don't have to remain a member of the European People's Party. As I told you, we have you to set have up that process. You don't have any principles, do you? But we set up that process that we suspended their membership and that we had under the control of Hermann von Rompuy, a controlling institution that is now in talks with the Hungarian government to check as to whether they can do better and if they don't, they could be excluded from the EPP. They've had warnings going back years now. What do you mean do yes. better? What does it take for you to actually do the right thing and throw them out? What does it take? What do they have to do? A decision. To cross your red the line. EPP. What and the decision in the EPP. But they don't you know, want to make a decision. They've delayed, delayed and delayed. But the, That's all the, the challenge we are ahead of is the following. We have been seeing also in the nomination process for the President of the European Commission that the Eastern states are rather again regrouped by national ideas than by European ideas. And that's a problem because if we all kick them out, they will not be more European. They will not be more sticking to these principles that we want to defend. So we have to talk to them why we believe that these principles are essential. And we have to convince them that if we do it together, it's better for all of us. That's a burdensome process. And sometimes it's You've also You've been trying to easy. do this for years. Tell me, Mr. Schwab, what is actually more important than preserving the basic rights of European citizens, rights that have been continually threatened by the Fidesz government over and over again. What is more important to you than that? The, the rights of the citizens are the cornerstone of the European Union. There yeah, is well no you're doubt. failing badly to protect them in Hungary, aren't you? But the, but the EPP is not responsible for the situation in Hungary. We have to deal with the Hungarian government as a European Union, as the European Parliament, and we within the EPP have to deal with the Fidesz party. But these are two different areas. We in the EPP, we made a very clear decision in front of the election that we want to suspend their membership. But we said we want to stay in touch because the problems have to be fixed. They cannot be just You can stay in touch, ignored. pick up the phone. You don't have to have them in the middle of your party. But then you, have another, then you have another discussion if you have them out of the party. Then it's a rather procedural approach. And then you, you might lose their seats. We you wouldn't to, really want to do that, would But you? these few seats haven't decided about the majority. You know that exactly, that the majority has been built differently. So that's not the point to discuss about now. No wonder, no wonder people in Europe are dissatisfied with the way business is conducted here. Pew survey in March showed that Europeans view Brussels as inefficient and out of touch. An average of over 60% said the EU does not understand the needs of its citizens. You clearly don't seem to prioritize human rights and fundamental rights over your procedures and, but, as you put it, talking but, to a party that continually speaking, violates its obligations. Frankly speaking, the problem of these statistics is that if you ask people where their wealth is coming from, they won't say that it's part of the European Union idea of open markets and uh, the basic freedoms in the European Union. The problem is that that is a fair point. The European Union has a difficulty to communicate what we are all about. And we are all about cooperation even in fields of difficulty. And these difficulties we should not uh, try to fix by Cooperation at the expense of principle. Not at all. Fixing the principle by talking to each other, talking to each other and explaining the are why the principles are there. Mr. Schwab, your party at home, the CDU, has plenty of soul-searching to do at the moment. Historic losses in the European elections, down more than six points from five years ago. 
and the party looks as though it will face a further drubbing in regional elections later this year. We've got Saxony, Brandenburg, Thuringia coming up. Why has, why has the CDU so visibly lost the trust of voters, particularly the young voters? The first point is that um, our result in the, in the European election was much better than a lot of people have expected. But it's true that we have to fix the Just challenge. Just because it was better than expected, it was it, worse me, It's than part of the truth as well. I mean, well. you can spin this any way you like, but that's, you're really clutching at straws here, So the you? point is, Tim, the point is that stability as the CDU is it at the moment working on together with the SPD in a big coalition is a very burdensome concept, which is not easy to be explained to the public in difficult times. And we had quite difficult you times. You massively lost among Absolutely. young voters. Anna-Gretz Kramp-Karrenbauer has and, admitted it. And the point with the young voters, there are two issues where we have to work harder. And this is the climate change and this is copyright. And it was obvious that these processes, both before the European elections, haven't been uh, something that young people felt close to the CDU. But we have understood the message and we will work hard on it to improve it. Your problem is that you're badly split also about what to do about the far-right AFD party, aren't you? No, we are not split about that. It's you have a liberal obvious. group, you have a centrist camp, you have the hard conservatives of the, the, the Verta Union, the Union of Values. But I mean, these are few people. And you have people suggesting that you actually, at some point, break the ban and go into coalition with the AFD. But this is in, this is in one land in the east of Germany where some people are saying this, but the clear position of the that CDU... That would open the floodgates. ...German-wide. The clear position of the CDU, German-wide, and we have even a party congress's resolutions on this, is that we don't work together with far-right people, and there is no discussion in the CDU about that in principle. Not at all. And therefore, this is not a point that you should really be concerned about. There is no discussion about that. What but people should be concerned about is 14 years of CDU power, which has seen a huge surge in right-wing radicalism on the streets of Germany, in social media and legislatures around the country, as well as, 12, according to domestic intelligence, 12,700 right-wing extremists capable of violence on your streets. That's something to be concerned about in Germany these days, isn't it? Yes, but for this we have federal institutions that go behind these people. And the point is, and that was the Their first record part, isn't great, is the it? The first part of your question was that why the situation in Germany is at the moment politically as it is. And it's very clearly that grand coalitions have all the time had, at, in the middle of their times, difficult public appreciations. You blame it on the coalition. You, have to, you yeah, took but your eye the off the ball of, of security. But that's the key question we have. That's the key question. And the point that you were referring to with security, it's an issue where on the right wing, not only in Germany, Tim, and you know that very well, Populism is rising, and that's a challenge we have really to have a very close eye on. But we have in the German Federal Republic institutions that go behind these people, and I have no doubt that they will do their job, even though there were some concerns in the last years. There were more than concerns, weren't there? A parliamentary committee reported that yes. major mistakes had been made by the authorities. Is that supposed to give people confidence? What's, what's happened since those major mistakes? I'm talking about the National Socialist Underground, which murdered 10 people, most of them immigrants. Documents went missing, evidence was destroyed. Should that give people confidence? No, I think what should people confidence is the fact that this has been very transparently discussed in a parliamentary committee, as you have been saying, 
also the institutions have done their changes that were needed to this. And these institutions have the task to fight radicalism on the right and on the left. And I have no doubt, especially after the experiences they went through, that they will do that with all the power they have. And that's what politicians and the society asks them. There we, can be no doubt. We can't leave Brussels without a mention of Brexit. British newspapers suggesting in the last few days that there are new overtures being made to Boris Johnson. This after the European Union has stressed repeatedly that there is no reopening of the withdrawal agreement. Is the EU in the process of blinking at the 11th hour? No. We have said, and Ursula von der Leyen has repeatedly uh, continued to say this, we want to stay friends with our British neighbours. That's not easy in the current political debate, especially not easy in the current debate in the UK, but that's the principle we want to stick to. But it's obvious that the treaty that we have been negotiating, Barnier and the May government, is the treaty that is on the table. And if... Yeah, but you have new people now coming into the EU and you have new persons yeah, coming into the British government. But the principles behind that treaty don't change. It's only the Why people five, that change. five European countries, including Germany and France, allegedly making contact with Johnson in order to see what chance there is of a new deal? You know, as I said, the principle we are having all together, and I think it's not only these five countries, all countries in the European Union want to stay friends with our British neighbours. So the point is that the basic principles of the treaty, they are there, they cannot be changed, but for sure we have to stay in touch with Boris Johnson and whatever other candidate that may win this battle, because we want to make sure that in the long run we stay friendly neighbours. We will always be there close to each other and we cannot afford a situation where we are in a bad mood uh, hanging around together. We have to face the future together, even if the UK Which means wants a to new leave. overture from the EU, doesn't it? Otherwise, come October, you will both, both the EU and Britain, will reach a scenario that none of you wanted. None of you want <coughs> crashing out without a deal. Exactly. That's doesn't your, say, doesn't that's say your much. presumption. Doesn't but who say knows? much for no, the last three it's years. Your, it's your presumption that there will be maybe a crash out without a deal, but it's not said. The deal is on the table and the UK and the next Prime Minister can still su subscribe to it or make propositions how we can improve it. But despite what they've said and despite what the EU has said as change, well. Tim, that's obvious in politics. You can, in politics, discuss about everything, but you cannot change the principles of the treaty. They must remain, and the principles of the treaty are the basics of that treaty. But what Boris Johnson or whatever candidate wants to do, we have to see when they are in office. Andreas Schwab, good to have you on Conflict Zone. It's been a pleasure. Much. So thank, thank you so much. Thank you.